Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. Boyd Matheson out today. Marty Carpenter sitting in, and we have been talking all things. COVID, mandates from the federal government, mask mandates, uh, you name it. We're going to cover a lot of COVID stuff today. Uh, not to be left out is some news from Salt Lake City. Uh, tomorrow, the mask mandate in the K-12 through schools in the Salt Lake City School District is set to end, but Mayor Aaron Mendenhall is uh, working to extend that. Um, and, uh, you know, we had the situation initially where the county put in place, the county health department in Salt Lake County put in place a mandate that was overturned by the county council. Um, afterward, Mayor Mendenhall came out and put this one into K-12 through schools, and she's uh, ready to extend that beyond the first 30 days, but because of the way the system works, <clears throat> she can't do that unilaterally. And uh, I want to bring in KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson, who's been uh, following this story, uh, and get his insight. Paul, thanks for spending some time with us this morning. This afternoon. Uh, Sorry. Thanks for having me. Boy, radio time goes by fast. You get you get used to doing a morning show two days, and suddenly you can't keep track of the clock. So, hey, appreciate you uh, <laughs> giving us some insight on this. Help me understand, Paul. What is the mayor's argument for extending the uh, this mandate? Well, she says, uh, looking at the data, she's worried, first of all, about the increasing infection rate among kids. Um, she says last year. The basically the infection rate among children, they made up around 12 percent of all cases overall with COVID-19. But because of the Delta variant, she says that basically is uh, bumped up, uh, almost doubled, saying that the percentage of kids uh, that have the infection uh, basically equate account for 25 percent of all cases overall. So she says this variant is definitely a lot higher. And she cited uh, data from um the Department of Health with school age cases in the last 14 days showing that her district and Salt Lake City School District actually does have the lowest infection rate um, uh, uh, basically of all the districts in Salt Lake County. So she's using those as kind of like the basis for her push for having the Salt Lake City Council vote to extend the mask mandate for another 30 days. So her argument essentially is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right now what we're doing seems to be working and don't change it. What do you expect from the city council? Are they going to uh, extend this, or where do you think they'll end up? I, I, if, if history is any indicator, they're going to go ahead and uh, support this claim. 
Salt Lake County might not like a mask mandate. Salt Lake City, though, seems a little bit more supportive of that. Um, however, there are some doctors who would say, hey, look, maybe a, a two-week snapshot of cases might not be the best indicator overall, for example. Uh, they'd say if you really want to look at uh, infection rates, you're going to have to look a lot longer than just two weeks. But um, either way, she does say that uh, she, that her district has uh, the district in Salt Lake City, I should say, um, has the highest number of percentage of kids over the age of 12 that have the vaccine. And she says, at least for the last couple of weeks, it has the lowest uh, case rate. So uh, as, as far as percentage goes. So I guess my question would be, when it comes to kids, we always seem to go right to cases. And cases is an interesting data point but it's not hospitalizations. So I, w I would just wonder, uh, and I imagine that strategically the mayor did not talk about whatever the hospitalization rate is here because her number that she likes to push is, is the case count. And we understand that overall in the general population, there is some correlation to that. But I, I'm wondering if we have any idea of how much, if let, let's go with the idea that there is a spike in cases among students in grades K through 12. Have we seen the same type of spike in the number of students in that age group that are, who are hospitalized? Well, according to coronavirus.utah.gov, they do have um, not all of the numbers for September are in, though. They do have uh, it, things definitely started upticking back in May, took a slight dip in June, went back up a lot for July and then higher again in August. So according to the latest data, it does look like hospitalizations across the state are actually going up among school-age ki school kids. Um, overall, since the school year started, though, there have been uh, uh, 3,757 students that have come down with COVID-19, and over 2,500 of those happened just within the last two weeks. Interesting to hear uh, as the numbers go. I, I, the one thing that I think jumps out to me, Paul, and, and maybe or maybe not you want to comment on this, but the uh, there's been kind of this push and pull between a, a call for a statewide mandate uh, you know, from to some extent um, from healthcare leaders, to some extent from the governor, though he never officially asked for a statewide mandate, uh, whereas the legislature has said, no, we think it's best to handle it more on a local basis. You know, I look right now and say, hey, heaven bless Mayor Mendenhall. She's doing what she you know thinks is best for her constituency and for the people who live within her city. I live up in Davis County and have kids in three different schools, a high school, a junior high, and a couple in an elementary school. And, you know, I get some notification from the uh, district whenever there's a, a, a new case. We're at five at my kid's high school, uh, I think zero at the junior high and zero at the elementary school. So to some extent, her, her ability to co sort of push for what she needs locally is an argument for the, the approach that we have in place where she should be able to do what she needs to do for her city and get the support of her city council, uh, whereas in other parts of the state, it may not be uh, the best way to go. Does, do you think that this strengthens her argument a little bit just to say, hey, I'm, I, I'm not pushing trying statewide. I'm just saying what's going local. What should happen and what, yeah, yeah, you're just trying to get me in trouble, Marty. You know, <laughs> I don't, I'm just kidding. I know, but, you're um, a reporter and you're probably not supposed to yeah. opine on things. but I, So I well, can I wax mean, poetic for a little bit longer if we need. Yeah, I, that, that's but that is the kind of the situation we do. You were talking about whether or not the legislature would go for a statewide mandate mandate. Be honest with you. It seems like legislators would uh, be more in favor to kind of actually knock down any kind of local mandate too, just because they gave themselves the power to do so, you know, and they'll take each case on a case by case basis. But for example, you were talking about Davis County um, and your schools got have, um, 
practically uh, very few um, infections. However, today we are learning that, for example, Syracuse Elementary School has actually reached um, the threshold where they need to have the test to stay go into place. They have right. 39 active cases out of less than 1,000 students. So it is one of those things, kind of what you were talking about, and uh, essentially what the lawmakers will uh, bring up, that it does have to be brought up case by case. So even in certain parts of Davis County, you will not have the same rate of infection as you do in other parts of Davis County. So it is a, it is, uh, it, it does have to be kind of watched on a local basis, as you were yeah. saying. Yeah, that's always the tricky part about making policy. You've you got to try to make it for uh, to solve the problem, but also understand uh, the differences in the various constituencies. Uh, Paul Nelson from KSL News Radio, thanks for taking some time with us. Thanks for having me. All right, when we come back, we're going to uh, talk about how the president's mandate on businesses impacts Utah businesses. We're going to talk to the head of the St. George Area Chamber of Commerce, Don Willie. Back with more on Inside Sources after this. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.